Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection interview series. This is Michael Coleman and this week I spoke with Robert Trujillo, who you might know as the bassist of Metallica and has been producing a music documentary called Jocko about legendary bassist Jocko Pistorius. We discussed how Robert first became interested in profiling such an iconic player and what it was like producing this film, which includes interviews with Herbie Hancock, Flea, Wayne Shorter, Jerry Germont, Joni Mitchell, Bootsy Collins, and Sting. I hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for making the time. Yeah, man. Thanks so, for having me. Talk to me about um, this film project of yours, Jocko. It's For those who don't know who Jocko is, how, how would you describe Jocko Pastorius? Jocko Pastorius is... It's, he's, a, he's an incredible musician who mm-hmm. revolutionized the electric bass in a lot of different ways. Um, he had a very unique sound that was very distinctive. Um, and he... He also was a very melodic player, extremely funky, mm-hmm. but he was also uh, um, the type of player that could sort of introduce and, and weave uh, different vibes into into a piece. Like he he could he could throw in hints of Jimi Hendrix um, or you know a, a jazz uh, bassist like Chuck Rainey. He could. Uh, not uh, well, Chuck Rainey, actually Charles Mingus. I meant <laughs> yeah. Charles Mingus. Chuck Rainey is incredible, but I meant Charles Mingus. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was shooting for. He he just was so versatile. Yeah. But he was also bringing in a lot of different um, dimensions and in, insides and styles of music. Mm. It, 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 he wasn't really too centered on one style. He was mm. his own sort of stylist in a way, and and. And the other thing is, is he just had this incredible edge and attitude that he brought to the stage. So not only did he did he do incredible things for the electric bass mm-hmm. and um, stylistically two recordings that he played on, how he customized a unique sound that was indigenous to him, really. Yeah. And he would leave his mark on every track that he ever recorded. Um, you know, like Joni Mitchell's music is like when you heard that music, it was like you had never heard anything like that before, mm-hmm. and and she's unique in her own right. But yeah. he was really amazing with her because he was very similar in his approach. Yeah. So a combination of those things is what really <laughs> drew me to him. So his yeah. again his ability to perform and how he recorded. And then as a composer, that was a whole nother sure. dimension. And you had a chance to actually see him mm-hmm. in, in uh, I think it was at Nam. was it that you said, you told me? No, no, no. Or was it before then? Um, that was, uh, what, what, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. No, that was at, I call it the poor man's Nam show. It oh, was okay. the Hollywood Guitar Show, I believe it was called. What and year was that around? No, it was the, Los, the LA, the Los Angeles Guitar Show. Yeah. And that would have been... Around 1985 or 86, okay. somewhere around there. So you were just walking the halls and. So I'm. The, it's not even. This is the. This is <laughs> this is the funny thing. It wasn't yeah. even halls. It was literally um, at a hotel, uh, which is now a, I believe a Holiday and Ex- a Holiday <laughs> Inn Express. But at the time, it was the Merlin Hotel in Hollywood. I think it was over on Highland. Okay. And um. And each room of a, of a certain floor, certain levels of this hotel were dedicated to different guitar companies. And, and you know, like Fender had a room, but then uh-huh. Ampeg would have a room. And 
maybe you know Dunlop had a room <laughs> and you know Dean Markley strings or whatever. What were you there for? Just hanging out? I was just there being a fan. Yeah. You know? okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I forgot how old I was. Okay. Maybe uh, I, at that time, I think, I don't even, I don't know that I was playing with the Suicidal Tendency guys yet. Uh-huh. I think it was probably, it might have been just before that. But I went there by myself. Yeah. And... And I went was it was in this one room. I forgot what it was for, what company, and I was just checking it out. And then all of a sudden, I hear this really loud, loud, loud <laughs> noise, and it's shaking the walls. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if if at the time I thought it was bass, yeah. or guitar, or synthesizer, Air or whatever. Strike. Yeah. It, it was it was just <laughs> like this this uh, incredibly loud, thunderous sound that was coming out of you know a, a particular room yeah and it was literally shaking the the, the windows okay. so it was almost like earthquake yeah and um and i walked out of out of out of this room and literally across the hall like you know you're it's like you're in a hotel really so the hall of a hotel mm-hmm. in the next room and i walk inside and it's jocko i see jocko and i'm just like he's got a bass in his hand uh-huh. he's sitting down and there's a, a a guy standing over him who's obviously handing him instruments, mm-hmm. a rep from the company, and and I was like the only guy in the room with these dudes, oh, and it was just like wow, that's my hero, yeah. you know. And at that time, he wasn't in a great place. Okay. He was he was having a lot of problems or a lot of uh, you know weird stories sure. about him that were coming from from the East Coast, mm-hmm. and there he was. And it was so surreal because he didn't really acknowledge anybody because the room started to fill up and he didn't really take notice to anybody. Mm. He looked at everybody. He mm. took notice that way. Yeah. But he, he didn't really acknowledge anybody. He didn't say anything to anybody because yeah, yeah. people were going, oh, man. John, you know, <laughs> Everyone's freaking out. Yeah. And he's just kind of like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and the guy brought him another bass or whatever. And, yeah. and he takes the bass swaps it out and he's playing another bass and he's just looking at everybody uh-huh. and I was literally like you know six feet from him I was uh-huh. very close yeah um and uh and and it was it was so weird and strange because he was just staring at everyone staring at all all of us I mean looking in our eyes mm. it was like he wasn't backing up really connecting looking, yeah looking right at us yeah. and at first he, you know I think maybe he was trying to make a statement in in luring people into that room. He, you know, if he cranks it to ten and he yeah, just yeah. starts playing some some crazy stuff, you know, <laughs> where he's gonna he's gonna create a bit of a scene, and then everyone's gonna realize yeah. that they're 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 walking into this yeah. room with the energy of Jocko. Wow. And was that the only time that you actually met him in person? Or That's the only time I I, I I I mean, obviously, I saw him perform yeah. four times. Okay, um, with 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 uh, twice with weather report oh, nice. and twice with uh, the word of mouth actually word of mouth big band i saw the big band itself at dorothy chandler pavilion mm-hmm. and that was uh you know the proper big band yeah um and then the second time the version of that i saw the second time was actually the scaled down version which was really cool because it was mike stern on guitar mm. Um, who was at at the time one of my favorite guitar players? Mm-hmm. He played with Miles Davis, um, 
and and he had a lot of you know he had a really kind of nasty style it was it was it was really really fun to to hear him play and and watch him and then he had like kenwood denard on the drums um he he had a um delmar brown on keyboards so he he had this like powerful smaller version of the big band and they were playing more rocked out versions of his compositions um, so it, it, it was almost like like a punk vibe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, with what he was doing with his music. So it was really exciting. I remember I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. But I stayed around. I wanted to meet Jocko, <laughs> and uh, and he didn't come out, but Mike Stern came out, oh, nice. and he was really nice. There was a few other people uh, kind of around. I, I went by myself again, yeah, but uh, there were some cool people that I was sort of ended oh, up nice. hanging out with and he came back and said hi to us and he was loaded man he was like <laughs> really 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 high uh-huh. um but uh very nice man till this day he's still a very nice man i i run into him in new york okay. a fair amount of times oh, nice. and he's always really really cool always says hello um at, at one point he realized who i was and we're talking about mike stern of yeah. course he realized who i was and he said he saw me play at the at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame performance, which oh, nice. was at Madison Square Gardens, on that night we uh, Metallica we played with uh, Ray Davies, Ozzy Osbourne, oh, wow. and then we did uh, I think the cer- the third set was with Lou Reed, mm. and um, and he saw that show. He was there uh, performing as well, and he had said, you know, hey, I really dug your performance. <laughs> we should jam, blah blah blah. Um, but then there was other times where I seen him after that, and I don't think he re- he remembered didn't make the who I, yeah. didn't make a connection. That's always a weird thing when you're yeah, like, dude, yeah, we know yeah, each other, right? We're cool. Yeah, we, we've met a couple times, <laughs> about three times, and then it was like, hey man, how's it going? Yeah. But he's always nice either way, and and again, at the time, I yeah. was really really uh, digging his music and his playing, mm. and it was so cool that he was working with Jocko. But they were partying pretty hard. Yeah. So. Going back to the Hollywood Guitar Show, yeah. um, it was kind of a moment for me because I, I felt like I was meeting, I was meeting, of course, I didn't feel like I was meeting my hero. Yeah. And again, he was he was in a different place in his life. So, it, it, you know, he wasn't playing in Weather Report. Yeah, sure. I don't even think he was, he was probably working with the word of mouth guys okay. anymore. So it was a different place for him. But he made a statement, like everyone in that room, he just started playing hints of his, uh, you know, passages of some of the classic uh, compositions and bass lines that not only came out of him, but, you know, even uh, quoting players like Jerry Jamat and, uh, um, you know, you know, even there was some standards in there, you know, a little, little, a little miles passage mm-hmm. or uh he was just mixing it up he was really mixing it up in a very short amount of time and and it was it was amazing you know it was like he still had the magic but he was also looking at us like you know it's me yeah <laughs> and i can still kick your ass i can still take <laughs> you down on the yeah place. it was really wow. really heavy it was really a surreal moment for me, but it was special, and yeah. I always forget it. Yeah. I always, I always, I'll never forget it. I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, when was it then that 
this whole idea of doing a film on Jocko? When did that light bulb come on? What what was the the occasion? Well, I met Johnny Pastorius, uh, Jocko's eldest son, mm -hmm. in '96. Okay, and I was on tour with Ozzy Osbourne. I feel like I had made a connection with Johnny before that um, mm -hmm. through a mutual friend, who uh, his name is Russell. Russell was working mm -hmm. as a bartender in Fort Lauderdale and oh, nice. Johnny was buying a round of drinks and he yeah. threw the credit card down and my friend was like, whoa, that name's very familiar <sighs> oh, to no. me. I have a friend who's a bass player <laughs> and he always talks about somebody with that with name. With that name, yeah. And Johnny said, well, it could be my father, Jocko. And he was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's the guy. Oh my God. He's got photos because, you know, I did. I had, <laughs> yeah. I had, I had photographs of Jocko in my house at Venice Beach, California. Wow. It was like, you know, I was the bachelor and I yeah, had, yeah, yeah. All my heroes, your wall, you know, on my wall, yeah. and and uh, I had a couple of shots of Jocko with Weather Report, mm. and the connection was sort of made at that time. And mm. then when I actually physically came through uh, Fort Lauderdale with Ozzy, I invited Johnny to come down to the show. We totally hit it off. I mm. mean, we back then I was partying pretty hard, so we ended up going to to a bunch of bars and yeah. and, uh, and and hanging out. I was calling my guitar player <laughs> from Suicidal Tendencies, Rocky George. I was saying, Rocky, you won't believe this. You won't. I'm hanging out with Jocko's <laughs> son, you know. And Rocky was was also uh, a huge fan of of, uh, of of Weather Report, yeah, and Jocko Pastorius, as well as. Return to forever. Oh, Return yeah. to forever. Rocky and I were kind of like we were. We were the two guys in the band that were really, really into uh, jazz rock. Oh yeah, you know, um, and uh, and even like <laughs> a lot of the funk bands and stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like bands like like Parliament and the Ohio Players, oh, sure. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yep. But at the same time, you know, he was turning me on to like, you know. Uh, uh, bands like slayer and and <laughs> but he was turning me on to slayer before i even joined suicidal uh -huh. tendencies so he was g getting me into even like like the mentors and oh, these yeah, really yeah. like crazy like hard-edged scary punk bands <laughs> um and then and then he was getting into uh a lot of the like like some of the rap stuff that was coming out that was really intense like mm. the ghetto boys or nwa because <laughs> yeah, yeah. this was back way back yeah, so yeah. he was he was he was sort of coming in at the first phase of all that that alternative music yep turning me on to that but then i was turning him on to fusion yeah before that so i turned him on to to return to forever and aldi miola and uh, oh yeah so we were just into all that music and and again we were partying back then so i mm -hmm. i he was one of the first people i called when i connected with johnny and and uh, we were out having fun i'm like here talk to rocky you know and all this <laughs> yeah so that's where we made the connections and i remember telling him back then you know your father's story mm. is so powerful and incredible and you should share it with the world yeah because we we all know that the jazz community loved Jocko and and have embraced him, mm -hmm. but it's also a fact that the rock community there's a contingent of players that really really you know love and worship Jocko yeah. as a composer as a performer yeah obviously as a bass player I mean so you know I said you know 
you you've got to share that story and it's got to be broad you got to cast the net wide yeah. because beyond the the musicians you know even um just just people that enjoy great stories um embrace um special creative people and want to learn about yeah. them you know it, it's it's really 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 an incredible thing when you can 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 find out about a a a, a tre- like a treasure that hasn't been you know it's sort of like a, you're discovering somebody new and their music yeah, and yeah. I said you have to show the world and he was like yeah 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 <laughs> we're gonna do it so over time every couple years you know uh, he'd reconnect with me and kind of give me an update of what was going on yeah you know in in the world of, of Jaco Pastorius and what he was doing mm-hmm. and then at a certain point. Um, and I, I would have already been playing with Metallica by this time. He started telling me that they were working on, actually going to work on a documentary mm-hmm. film mm-hmm. and that it was happening. Yeah. And then I wouldn't hear from him for a year. And <laughs> oh, then, man. So it kind of went on and on. Keep going, yeah. And then, uh, um, and then Johnny brought uh, a friend of his, a friend of, of the family's, who also was really good friends with Jocko, a guy by the name of Bob Bobbing. Mm. And Bob, who had produced a, a wonderful audio documentary about Jocko called Jocko Pastorius. It, it would have been like Portrait of Jocko, the mm. early years. Sure. Something like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was like 1968 to 1978. Okay. And uh, which is really great. Um, Bob saw the show with Johnny, the Metallica show, he didn't know anything about Metallica at the time. And he was like, this is cool. Yeah. And the energy in that building. Oh, yeah. And the fact that this bass player for this band this, here, this Metallica band <laughs> is really, really into Jocko. Yeah. And at that event, I had told Bob that, you know, let's do this. Flea from the Chili Peppers yeah. is also completely on board influenced yeah. by Jocko and yeah. and uh I, it wasn't about being on board I wasn't mm. I wasn't suggesting that I was going to be involved in oh, okay. the project at the time it was more like I was just, just telling support him or... support yeah. you know like whatever you do don't leave out <laughs> yeah. the rock contingent yeah, because yeah, yeah. Don't forget about I'm it. telling you right now you yeah. know whether it's Getty Lee or oh, yeah. you know uh you know, the bass player for Rancid or whatever, yeah. you know, there are a lot of Jocko fans that um, are completely, you know, inspired mm-hmm. and uh, um, influenced by him. So, again, cast the net wide. Yeah. So, what, what, so what, I guess, when was the first day for you guys then? Well, that, that's what I was going to get to. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so uh, I started communicating with Bob uh, a bit more consistently. And, and at that point, you know, at a certain point in time, it was decided that I would join the team and mm. we would we would uh, navigate this together mm-hmm. and and I could help with my perspective and my ideas and people that I knew mm-hmm. and uh, and I and I also think in a lot of ways just being in California and um in the in in sort of connecting with with a lot of these players like you know someone like Flea yep. you know lives in California yeah it's convenient you know yeah, yeah. A, a, a bass player like Les Play Claypool lives in California, you know, and, but not to mention, you know, you know, even someone like, uh, I mean, Jerry Jamat, yep. uh, who's one of the stars of the film, he just moved to California okay. about two years ago, yeah. and 
you know, Joni Mitchell. She lives in California. Yeah. So it's just Bootsy also. Bootsy's <laughs> not in California, oh, okay. but if they're not in California, they're in California a lot. <laughs> yeah, enough yeah, sure. to like to to yeah. get things happening. You know, either there or New York. So yeah. um, Peter Erskine, you know, he lives in California. Yeah. But then the film industry, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, at the time there was a, a couple of directors that I was mm-hmm. connecting with. Uh, one of them, uh, Stephen Kayak, who mm-hmm. was also living in California, sort of the, um, the, the first phase where I became involved or mm-hmm. nearly the first phase and uh it you know he was a part of it mm-hmm. and then you know that's where i met paul marchand who is is the you know the the current, current director, director of the yeah. film and also has been editing this thing yeah for five years now um and really the angel savior in yeah. a lot of ways he's just been in the trenches with this project from the heart total passion yeah so there's just a lot happening in <laughs> in in uh, California and Los Angeles. But it's all coming to a point now when it's going to get done and it's going to get out there pretty soon. Right. That's the idea, right? That's the idea. <laughs> I mean, at, at certain points in the journey, I mean, I got to say, you know, I mean, everybody in their own way, however way you want to look at it, yeah. has been a contributor, you know, and I can't say that it's been a, 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 an easy ride you know Mm -hmm. a cakewalk because it hasn't been and i'm a firm believer that you know nine times out of ten when you dive into a project um whether it's an album making a great album yeah sure or uh or you're making a great film you know making a great documentary film whatever you know it's not easy (laughs) you know i mean did you think it was gonna be easy when you started was it i think i did i think i thought oh be naive to the process or i mean you you know more about this than i do i mean it's like projects passion pieces you know they're they're i mean they keep you they're they're very rewarding yeah right but yeah you don't stop thinking about it right you know, you wake up in the middle. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't stop thinking about this this film, yeah. and I don't stop thinking about you know what I need to do or 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 what I need to fix or sure. or um, you know wait we should bring this back or yeah, 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 yeah. I got to call this person or well it's it's that issue too of like never having a deadline is you never finish the project and mm-hmm. it keeps going and I, I think. You know, the last year right. you, you did a great thing with Record Store Day also, which was kind yeah. of kind of leading up to this release for next year. Right. Well, you know, Michael Kurtz, who is the pioneer for Record Store Day, long story short, mm-hmm. he uh, um, he's really been um, kind of uh, one of one of the main sort of, uh, again, pioneers to yeah. to bring the vinyl movement to the forefront yep. again yep and 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 bring the awareness to uh to everything from the artwork and the packaging to just how it sounds and the whole experience you yeah. know just yeah just that incredible experience that mm. we've all grown up with but a lot of the younger people younger generation didn't grow up with but now they're embracing it because mm-hmm. of michael i feel <laughs> And people like Michael. Michael actually, when he was about sixteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. he used to film all the concerts he went to with his little Super Eight, yeah, yeah. you know, camera, and he filmed Jocko oh, on yeah. Jocko's uh, 
first tour with Weather Report. I believe it would have been somewhere around 78 or something. I think he got his footage in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And he had worked with me and Metallica um, with some of the some of the events that we had done for record store day uh, where metallica was sort of record store day artist of the year Mm -hmm. and he wanted to donate some film footage for the project he said i gotta get a hold of robert (laughs) because i have a couple reels yeah that might be interesting to him well what was the footage it was jocko playing with weather report you know with with uh you know his first tour and um did that make it into the film oh yeah oh yeah yeah. it's great and and the beauty of that is it's really pure. He looks like he's having so much fun. Jocko mm-hmm. does. He's mm-hmm. even kind of, you know, making faces at the camera. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. really, really cool. <laughs> and um, they're having, it looks like they're having a great time. So the energy is really pure and, 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 and amazing. But Michael Kurtz um, became sort of attached to what we were trying to do. And not just by donating the, the, uh, the footage, but also um, just the general vibe and energy and and himself being a fan of Weather Report and Jaco Pastorius, he wanted to help. So we'd shown him a trailer that we had at the time that was really meant for Bass Player Live, which was a, you know, it's kind of an annual event that Bass Player Magazine throws and they celebrate various bass players with lifetime achievement awards and there's performances and it's when bass players from all over the universe come to los angeles to basically jam that's a bad idea and play music together so it's like you know you you know you get more bass than you need in one (laughs) evening but the the thing about that was the the trailer that we put together which is a seven minute trailer okay it was really for for what it was it was it was pretty awesome okay and and he liked it enough yeah. to where he said, "I want you to, I want to invite you to the record store day dinner, which we're going to have in Los Angeles, and you show the trailer, and um, and and you know, mm-hmm. and let's talk about Jocko being artist of the year for oh, 2014." Nice. Yeah. And I, wow, that's really great. So Johnny Pastorius yeah. flew out, and Paul, you know, came to the event, and we showed our trailer. <laughs> yeah. The the there was about a hundred people in the room that night uh-huh. um, for the dinner, and they loved it. And we're talking about retailers from all over the world, well, yeah. you know, um, who are there to celebrate Record Store Day and you know plan out the next year. Sure. Um, and how, and how how was that for you? So being, we won them know? over basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from that, it sort of sparked the idea that maybe there could be something, uh, you know, maybe some potential Jocko releases, okay. you know, uh, on vinyl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which we ended up doing, um, you know, with Jocko's uh, um, Modern American Music period, <laughs> the Criteria Sessions, which uh. which uh, were Jocko's basically his, sort of his demo recordings for the first solo record that came out on omnivore with cheryl powalski and her team put it out and it did incredibly well i think we got number two on the jazz charts um just below michael blue blay he beat jocko (laughs) out (laughs) son of a bitch (laughs) but uh but it was impressive because if i can say what was so great about that what's so great about that music and and um and that release is that it's pure yeah. and it's untapped treasure 
and people felt that and i think that's why it did so well is because people connected with this music from 1974 that no one had heard oh my gosh. and to hear this young player shredding <laughs> and funking it up and just in playing true real punk jazz was so rewarding on all fronts and mm. it's it's music that anyone could appreciate so that that was a, our first step really into okay. really you know getting Jocko out to the public yeah. beyond what was already sort of set before and it's what we're still doing actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did you find once I mean going through the process and hearing these stories and how did you try to make take shape to this the story that you kind of knew but then you start hearing it from these people that have first-hand accounts well you know back then just like with any artist that you look up to, whether it's Ozzy Osbourne yep. or whatever, you always hear the tales yeah, and the yeah, stories. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, when I was in high school with Ozzy, who I eventually actually ended up, you know, obviously working with, yeah. and we're still good friends. But um, you know, we even tried to talk like Ozzy back then. <laughs> you know, he he was this this. Uh, um, it was like almost a, a sort of an intangible. It was like a person that. Uh, you looked up to, but they weren't really real. You yeah, know? they were beyond real. Spaceship level yeah. uh, being out of the like, universe, just like a yeah. special alien. And Jocko yeah. was one of those. Was that way for 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 myself and my friends uh. and everything. Um, but uh, what what I found is is learning from the interviews and and um, you know and from his friends and in and, and talking to some of these very special friends of his yeah. and family members, you know, it, it's, it's like I started and also just seeing footage of him <laughs> as a child, yeah. you know, we have an incredible, uh, um, amount of, of home movies, super eight home movies. Yeah. And I almost feel like to a certain degree, like, I'm not going to say more connected than I do to my own dad, but I mean, yeah. I just, I mean, I, my dad's still alive, we're tight and everything, but I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. I certainly have seen more uh, Footage home of, movie, yeah. movies of, of Jocko as, as, uh, as a youngster and connected yeah. with with uh, his brother Gregory and, mm. and his and his brother, his younger brother Rory and hearing the stories. And it's just so fascinating to, to learn about, about uh, Jocko and his life and how he came up yeah. and what he did as a child and, and some of the experiences as, as a teenager through through the words of Bob bobbing and connecting with Bob on that. And then other people, mm -hmm. the dark tales from some of the other friends who yeah. who had different experiences with them that were more, you know, probably more dangerous, you sure. could say. Um Yeah, and that's what happens, you know. You and I'm not and I'm not and I'm I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not the one to sit here and say I'm the I'm Mr. Know it all. Yeah, sure. You know, or whatever. I mean, someone like Bill Mikowski who who wrote you know his wonderful book about Jocko yeah. and um, you know these are the cats that you know really were in the trenches with him and stuff my my thing is as best as I can mm. I'm not perfect but as best as I can mm. I just want to bring awareness to him and uh, and uh, hopefully I'm a part of I'm not gonna say I'm the f part of the f I'm not the first step but I'm yeah. a part of the step forward you know yeah. in that and uh if i can turn some of my friends on or right you know even some of the metallica fans um onto 
to the music yeah. and the story, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think the thing that's really cool, too, is that uh, in the film you see the kids, Jocko's children, who are, you know, uh, pretty young. But then now they're, you know, they're definitely adults. Oh, yeah. And to see, to, to see them, I remember at the, the Mill Valley screening, Mill Valley Film Festival, where you did a mm-hmm. preview screening. I think that was maybe one of the f- first few times that they've seen the whole film all the way through. And I can only imagine just, you know, kind of piecing all the points together for them and, and, and the reaction. I mean, uh, you know, right. It's pretty amazing. It, it's, it's, it, it's, uh, it's interesting because when you're trying your best to put together the full um, story or a, a, as much of the story as you can, yeah. you know, and really that goes to, to the director, you know, to, to, to Paul and, and, uh, and um you know in the way he feels i mean you know when when you have the quote unquote artists <laughs> the professionals or the tech whatever the people that actually bring it to life on the screen yeah. you know it's like for me i have to respect their vision too <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're you know they're they're in a way they're sort of they're the ones that are sort of writing it but then yeah. i'm connected yeah. and of course you know we we I've always felt it's important to include the family. You know, this wouldn't be possible without, without them. them. Yeah. So full respect, and uh, I mean, I I even have conversations with with Jocko's brother Gregory sometimes for four hours. Yeah. You know, we're we're talking about Jocko. We're talking about life. <laughs> life. Yeah. You know, we're talking about all kinds of things, but, um, yeah. you know, it's just part of the journey. You know, uh, you know, learning about about Jocko, but also. Um, you know, being as respectful as I can possibly be, mm-hmm. you know, trying my hardest just to 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 get get it right. And, yeah. and over the course of the last five years, it's been interesting because, <clears throat> you know, there's times where you get a year into something and you're a few a few edits in, and you think, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> you realize that there's a lot more work. Yeah, that needs to be done. Right, I mean, that's right. what happens when you're making films like this, and um, you know the family obviously, you know, ha- 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 has ideas and also has tons of input. Sure. And and basically, over the last few years, yeah, there were cuts that w- that were not right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they would know that through this time we managed in the last year and i really believe that things happen for a reason because jerry jamat who was jocko's favorite electric bass player and for those of you who don't know who jerry jamat is jerry jamat mm-hmm. played with king curtis jerry jamat played and recorded with aretha franklin um bb king you know he won a grammy for for the song uh the thrill the, the thrill is gone and um yeah, I mean that. That's. I mean, he even recorded bass on Mr. Bojangles and <laughs> and played yeah. uh, recorded with Roberta Flack, yeah. and it, he's just got an incredible track record. You know, really amazing player uh, from New York. Um, he was actually recording on a lot of that stuff, uh, the Muscle Shoals sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back back in the days and uh, with Dwayne Allman. Yeah. Um, anyway. Jerry moved to Los Angeles about a year and a half ago. And, and somebody who was shooting him for a book 
said, oh, I'm, sh- I'm going to be, when I say shooting, I mean fo- photographing him. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing a special thing with Jerry Jamat. Would you like to interview him? Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. excuse <laughs> <What>? me? <laughs> I mean, I thought Jerry was had died or yeah. something. I didn't even know he was. I mean, no one had heard anything from him. Yeah. And he moved from Alabama to Los Angeles oh, for family reasons. And um, we became very good friends. And and he basically came on board, interviewed, and really just took the film to another level. Yeah. You know, Jocko had done an instructional video back in the 80s, and yeah. he wouldn't do it with anyone else but Jerry. Yeah. So they kind of teamed up and uh, took this on together. And... Um, some of that's in the film too, and it's yeah, it's it's actually very important um, ingredient into the film, yeah. and that was something that happened in the last year. And then, I met Joni Mitchell at a party, uh, at a Grammy party, and became friends with Joni. You know, next thing you know, she's interviewing for the for yeah. the film. So Is it's there, it's almost yeah. like I feel like, <laughs> obviously, the cliche things happen for a reason, yeah. and I believe that this happened for a reason. And I don't know how or what brought Jerry to California, Los Angeles, <laughs> or Joni, or Joni or because Joni, you know, I, I know that over the, uh, you know, the, the last few years, um, Passion Pictures had tried to reach out to her. And, um, <clears throat> you know, there were a lot of rumors. Sure. That she was very sick. Right. Um, you know, rumors of her being a recluse. I mean, I've hung out with Joni till three in the morning yeah. out on in you know in she's LA. She's doing fine. She's she's <laughs> she's doing fine. She's everybody. doing really really great. And uh, and uh, but her, her stories in this piece are it's like I can imagine the telling Jocko's story without those Joni Mitchell parts because mm-hmm. they're so important to the bigger picture. Right. Um. Exactly. I mean, again, going back to the fact that the music that they created and collaborated on, or you know, even just the stuff that he tracked with her, yeah. was so. Uh, special mm-hmm. and really dynamic on a lot of different levels you know at least for me that was some of my favorite music that Jocko contributed yeah. to so it was important for me that mm-hmm. you know that that she should be a part of this now Jocko you know he he did he did quite a bit of recording you know like in like say in 1976 I think yeah. around that time um 77 there was a lot of a lot of things going he was very busy now if you try to focus on any any mm. like every band right you know it's very difficult you yeah. know if you focus on, on Pat Metheny and you're focusing on Joni Mitchell and you're focusing on Weather Report and you're focusing on yeah. the solo career on on uh you know the, the different um, collaborations that he did, th- there may not be enough time in one movie <laughs> to cater to all that. So you kind of have to. You got to manage. The, yeah, manage that terrain, that which is time. not, which is not easy. <laughs> oh, man. And if it was up to me, you know, I would be like, let's make a, a six-hour, yeah, you know, yeah, three-part, you know, <laughs> nine-hour series. Um, well, now, I guess now that you're at this point now with with the film and reaching that finish line with. It's currently you guys are working on this crowdfunding mm-hmm. um, campaign, which I think is a great opportunity for people to really get involved and uh, get some some items that haven't been released, also, right. uh, music-wise and the film. But uh, like for people who are interested uh, to see this film or support the project, what, where should they go? Well, Pledge Music is uh, is they're they're hosting 
okay. this campaign. So, you know, I would say check it out. Go online and, and, and look into this because really, at the end of the day, I mean, I've been financing this, uh, you know, again, it's been, it's been nearly five years mm-hmm. and we're so close to mm-hmm. the finish line now. Um, and, and as maybe most people don't know, as I was going to say, as most people know, <laughs> making a film is, is incredibly costly yeah. and it, it, there's definitely truth to that, especially a film of quality. And this film is really beautiful, and it, it the, the you know my director of photography, uh, uh, Roger D. Giacomi. I hope I get that <laughs> name right. I've known this guy since high school. He did an amazing, amazing job. job. It looks so good. Really amazing yeah, yeah. job, and and uh, you know Eric Fisher with the sound design, and uh, of course Paul um, Marchand you know uh editing just yeah, really really special and in it and, it and it's again it's a passion piece yeah. but you know all this stuff it, it's it's uh it's it costs some money you know does, and yeah. i and i've taken this on myself yeah i've got two kids i've got a wife <laughs> i always say i didn't write enter sandman yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not <laughs> like guys. the publishing uh, checks aren't just flying you know i mean no but the thing I mean, is that, i think things like this these are good opportunities for um for the fans to get involved and, and get behind a project and be part of it, which yeah, which is a new thing now for filmmakers. It's it's a cool thing. I mean, it, even for it, musicians, it, it is. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I, you know, I I did a shout out for the Miles Davis film, which Don Cheadle basically in the same position as I am. Yep. You know, he financed, and uh, and he's producing. He's acting in that as well. Mm-hmm. And and I know he would even say, you know, it's. It's something that is very rewarding. It's an experience that you that you really, really value, and it's from the heart. Yeah, there's a lot of passion that goes into it. I could, I, I mean, I could not recreate this journey. Yeah, and in, in fact, I laugh because sometimes some of the knuckleheads out there that are, you know, uh, really, really into Jocko. Yeah, yeah. and uh, maybe they're leaning way more into the jazz side of okay. things, but. You know, I don't think they understand. It's almost a joke because there, you can't. I can't even tell you the kind of the journey that I've been on with this, oh, yeah. and the journey that the, the film team's been on. You know, and the journey, and in, in even with the family and everything, and and not knowing a lot of those people, not knowing my relationship to the family, right, and um into this experience and in, in the process being in Florida and going through you know some of these incredible journeys and uh, um, connecting with 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 someone like Gregory Pastorius and all this I mean it has nothing to do with Metallica it's <laughs> yeah. you know it's way deeper than that it has nothing to do with me playing bass yeah you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and that's the thing that people don't seem to understand a lot of time there's a lot of pigeonholing and uh it's sort of um i don't like to use the the term ignorance but there's there's a lot of that out there unfortunately well, it's just, it can get distracting it, and, and it's it gets very distracting because yeah. the, the 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 point of this has nothing to do with with like with you know right. heavy metal bass or anything <laughs> has is a bigger picture here yeah it's much broader i mean i'm 50 years old i was fortunate that um i was just old enough 
to go to concerts. And, mm. you know, when I first saw Jocko, it was 1979 at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium, and I saw him with Weather Report. Yeah. And as people will learn through probably, um, a, you know, a, a abundance of, of the press and the interviews is, is that, um, you know, Jocko did change my life and, mm -hmm. and, and made me realize there's so much more you could do with the instrument and so much more you could do as a performer. The yeah. bass player doesn't have to be the guy in the background just yeah. Hold you know, it down, yeah. holding it down or, yeah. or you know, uh, the, you know, he he brought so much more than that. But it, even beyond mm. just the story and bringing forth the awareness, that's the important part in all this. And, um, you know, like I said, if if there's people out there that want to take it a step further with the, with that kind of passion, I'm all for it. That's yeah. what it's all about, you know, as long as their heart's in the right place. That's great, Robert. Well, thanks so much mm -hmm. for talking about this. And uh, for people who want to check out the film, I guess there's a Jocko Facebook page that they can mm -hmm. find out about right. it. And somewhere here in the next year, 2015, there's going to be some screenings, ideally. Right. Know. Jocko, the documentary film, uh, yeah. dot com, which we're, uh, we're launching. And then, uh, um, again, we're really, really um, trying to get this film completed and finished uh get it ready for um like an april release hmm. that's what we're targeting for we have a soundtrack with sony legacy uh coming out um for april as well uh, really really great classic recordings uh with jocko and also there'll be some cutting edge recordings as well something to shake the walls something to shake the walls <laughs> get, yeah get mix this, it mix it attention. up a little bit and again we're very proud of the omnivore release the vinyl release yeah. that came out last year for record store day and um you know maybe some people didn't know that jaco pastorius is artist of the year for 2014 with international record store day and that mm -hmm. movement and that will continue on through next year so there you have it uh yeah man <laughs> i don't know more to say but that's it that's great yeah cool it's, it's great thanks. thanks thanks man all right